Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets are trading in the red again this morning, following a bout of selling on Wall Street. Joining me now to break down all the market action, looking very spiffy on a Friday. Ryan Huang, how are you? Spiffy Friday, that's the memo. So how are you feeling? Have you got a Friday feeling? Have I fi- got a Friday feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling good. End of the week, everything is, uh, you know, seems peaceful. Round two today? <laughs> no, I'm still licking my wounds, uh, <laughs> Ryan. You know what? I watched this Straits Times video. And the journalist who was number 500,000 in the queue waited an hour and 10 minutes. 500,000? And she got a ticket, is my point. Well done. I guess I should just wait longer. Who knows? Who knows? All right, let's start with Wall Street, see what's happening. Uh, well, last night, it seemed to be another case of good news is bad news, with strong economic numbers leading investors to fear that the U.S. Federal Reserve will raise interest rates more sharply and, in fact, keep them higher for longer. Walk us through the numbers, Ryan. Yeah, pretty strong numbers. We are, com- we are talking about the ADP per- payrolls data. Yep. So this is painting a picture of... 497,000 jobs in the private sector. So that, for context, is more than double what the consensus forecast was projecting and also nearly double what was seen in the prior month of May. So it does look like you've got more jobs being created in the US economy, which suggests that the economy is chugging along pretty fine and maybe maybe even hotter than what some are expecting. So if you look what Look at what the Fed is trying to engineer. It's always been a slowdown in order to tame inflation. Mm. So with these strong numbers, it does suggest that maybe their work is still um, some ways to go before they can get the job done. So it is pain- pointing to perhaps the next meeting yep. for more rate hikes or perhaps even to keep rates longer at these levels before they think about changing direction. So that is the prospects, which is why I think we saw a bit of a negative reaction in the markets. Yeah, I want to add that report from ADP Research suggests that nearly twice as many jobs were created last month in the U.S. than expected. The Dow Jones Industrial Average finished down 1% overnight. The S&P 500 and NASDAQ both dropped about 0.8%. Investors will have some more numbers to crunch this evening when the U.S. Labor Department releases its latest payroll data. The U.S. unemployment rate is already sitting at its lowest level in more than 50 years, and analysts say it could drop further. All right, let's put the sellers aside. I want to take a look at some uh, bullish analyst notes. There are two U.S. companies on my stocks to watch list this morning. One is an airline company that you may never have heard of before. And another is a giant in the soda industry, but it's not Coca-Cola or Pepsi. Do you want to guess who it is? I'll give you a minute big fans of soda, it's Dr. Pepper. To be fair, the company makes a lot more than Dr. Pepper. It also owns A&W Root Beer. Krispy Kreme Donuts, I'm a fan. Please take note, people coming over to my house. And uh, Gloria Jean's Coffee, just to name a couple of its brands. Well, Morgan Stanley is bullish on the company. Actually, as soon as I heard Krispy Kreme, I was as well. (laughs) But uh, Ryan, seriously, what does Morgan Stanley like about Keurig Dr. Pepper shares. Yeah, I've actually tried Dr. Pepper when I was in the US before and I always say it's an acquired taste. (laughs) It's not a typical soda taste you would expect. (laughs) So 
It does have a lot of brands, like you pointed out, ranging from 7-Up to coffee, specialty coffee. So it's a reflection of, I guess, soda drinking and people just going out and about and having entertainment activities. So it's a reflection as well of how consumers are spending, going out, how the economy is doing. And in that sense, you have a buy call from Morgan Stanley. They are upgrading Keurig Dr. Pepper to overweight from eco-weight with a price target of $36 per share. So the thinking here is they feel the valuation is too low right now based on where the prices are and it's a good time to enter the market. And based on that expectations that people will continue to spend on these soft drinks. Dr. Pepper does taste like something out of a doctor's office, doesn't it? I would say yes. A mix between almost like a cough mixture and some pepperish afternoons. Fans up in arms, I can just imagine. All right, shares of Keurig Dr. Pepper are down 10% this year despite rallying over the past week. Morgan Stanley's target price for the stock is about 10% above this morning's close. Our next stocks to watch is uh, entry, I should say, is a th- one, 13 $13 billion aviation company called Textron. They make things that, quote, fly, hover, zoom, and launch. City just initiated coverage of the stock. What is the take on the company? Yeah, it's got some big names like Bell, Cessna, Hawker. So these are the big names in aviation. Mm-hmm. And you've got a buy call coming through. This is from City Research. Mm-hmm. They have initiated a buy rating with a price target of $90. Right now, the company's shares are at 67++, plus plus, which is an upside of around uh, nearly 30%. So that is um, the bullish take from City for um, Textron. That's right. So 30% upside in Textron shares is what City is seeing. Uh, shares currently trading in the red for the year, though down about 6% since January for Textron. Ryan, what do you think of Morgan Stanley and City's picks? So would you go for the F&B company or the aviation counter? Is it donuts or helicopters? Yeah, it's probably going to be helicopters for me. All the defense stuff and the travel stuff does seem to have a bigger story going on. People still traveling and the US is still spending on defense. So I think that has stronger legs, even though Dr. Pepper probably will do well. People will still drink their sodas and do their coffees. But I like the story of defense spending more. Interesting. Next up, let's turn to Meta and its new Twitter-like app called Threads. More than 30 million people have signed up for the social media platform Threads in less than a day. Meta's stock also trading at its highest level in more than 17 months, despite succumbing to a bit of profit-taking overnight. That said, Mark Zuckerberg's new app could face legal challenges because of the similarities, shall we say. Not surprisingly, the first challenge could come from Elon Musk and Twitter, which is accusing Meta of cheating and stealing trade secrets. Fill us in. Yeah, if you've um, grown up watching wrestling matches on WWF back then, this is a very familiar playbook. Ahead of the big match, you've got a lot of taunting, you've got a lot of uh, trash talking. And it's happening right now between Twitter and um, Facebook. So you've got in the middle, this new app that they just launched, uh, Twitter believes that Meta did some bad things, some naughty things, including poaching of stuff. And these stuff apparently had access to Twitter trade secrets. 
And also, a lot of um, stuff that Meta should not have um, owned. So, um, this is in documents, for example, retaining some of the Twitter electronic devices as well. So, a lot of so-called unlawful misappropriation of Twitter trade secrets and intellectual property is the claim here. If you look at the two apps, it does look quite similar, perhaps as one reason. Mm -hmm. But I think um, a lot needs to be uncovered to see um, if everything is proper. But it does have a lot of question marks around it. Yeah, so Meta's new Threads app could face another legal challenge, in fact. One from an unexpected corner, shall we say. Yes, so this is another one coming through from the world of football, NFL, National Football League. This is American football. So that's the other legal problem. No, Elon Musk does have a lot of legal problems. And this one is now coming from the housewife of a retired NFL player. So she came up with an app called Thread. So she used this Thread platform to connect with other people uh, other women, particularly, to the who are have some exposure to the sport. Either they are also wives of players, or, or have something to do. Mothers or daughters, yeah, yeah. So just to create a bit of a support ecosystem. So it's called Threat, and they start, it, they, they started back in twenty sixteen. So this is now seeing well a lawsuit coming forth because of the similarity in the name. So I'm not sure where this will go. Cynthia Zordic is her name, the woman behind Thread. Now, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to use Threads just yet. Looks a lot like Twitter, but it is also missing some key features like direct messaging. Um, do you have a sense of what else is different? Yeah, I signed up yesterday. So for a while, I was a bit confused because it did look like Twitter. So I was wondering, am I using Twitter right now? <laughs> and then you start to poke at a few buttons and then you can kind of tell... It's been polished a bit with the buttons and the placements of stuff. Okay. Uh, it, still, it still functions like Twitter in the sense that it's a text-based text messaging app. You can punch in some pictures and videos alongside it. Uh, in terms of limits, yeah. the limits are bigger. So 500 characters, the videos can go for five minutes. So that's a big plus. You don't have any limitations on how much you can scroll. Okay, so here's where the difference is. You don't have direct messaging, which Mm. is, I think, a big thing if you want to be on social media, being able to connect with someone privately. And for Twitter, many newsmakers and journalists like you and me um, get connected with sometimes strangers who want to talk about business or just get to know you. You don't have that um, feature to be able to talk privately. So maybe that's part of the game for Meta to make you go onto Instagram DMs. I'm not sure. So that's one thing that's missing. Um, The other thing that's different as well is the way they display the information. So right now, the so-called news flow just gives you everything, including stuff that you did not follow. So beyond your contacts list, it floods you with a lot of different feeds or different users or brands that you might not follow. So it's a bit like TikTok, just giving you stuff that you might not want based on their so-called algorithm. So it just gives you a lot more information so it can get a bit more cluttered. So it does give you a bit of confusion when you just start it. Mm. You're not actually following your friends, at least um, based on that Twitter that, um, that thread flow. 
Well, another feature to be aware of, if you sign up for Threads and then you decide to cancel, you will have to cancel your Instagram account at the same time. And a lot of people won't like that. So I know when people hear 30 million signed up overnight, they're thinking, okay, I'll try Threads out as well. But once you're on it, you're pretty much on it unless you want to cancel your Instagram as well, which is sort of a big move. Okay, time now for corporate news and our daily game of up or down. Just one last uh, mention of thread. I've been locked out of my Twitter account for uh, six months maybe because I can't remember my password. And the password recovery process is inane. And so I will be on threads. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's your handle, Michelle? <laughs> At Michelle Martin Radio, all right? Let's chat. Oh, we can't. Not direct anyway. Time for corporate news and our daily game, Up or Down. We start with Bank of America. All right. It's going to be an up for me because they are giving out money in the form Mm. of dividends. So this is after the US stress test. not too long ago. They passed. So they now have to, or at least they now can, uh, afford to give up some of the buffer they've been putting aside in the form of dividends. So this would be 24 US cents, increasing from 22 US cents. Yeah, Bank of America has become the latest US big bank to hike its dividend payments, right? After they sailed through Federal Reserve stress tests, so BOA increasing its dividend payments by 9%. That is definitely an up in my book. And electric vehicle company is next on my list. They're called Mullen Automotive. Yeah, not a familiar name in terms of news headlines. Mullen Automotive is an up for me. And it looks like you have the EV maker here vowing to take action against naked short sellers. And this seems to be impressing investors, at least seeing the market reaction for the share price. Uh, That is seeing volume surpass 1 billion shares. After closing a record low, the stock bouncing nearly 60%. So that's a big plus. Yeah, Mullen Automotive's tagline is strikingly different. And I have to say, Santa, if you're listening, all I want in my stocking this year is their sports utility vehicle, uh, the GTS, looking really, really cool and living up to their tagline as well. The electric car starting price in the US is 55,000 US dollars. In addition, Mullen Automotive believes that its stock is, quote, significantly undervalued and it is putting its money where its mouth is. The EV car maker launching a 25 million US dollar share buyback program. Its shares jumped nearly 30% on the news. So that is an up for Mullen Automotive in my book. Yesterday on this show, this is your money, by the way, with me, Michelle Martin. He's Ryan Huang. Yesterday, we talked about Thailand's really cool airlines. Today, it's Qatar's turn. What do you think? Yeah, Qatar also doing well. It looks like aviation is the flavor of the year. Yeah. So, Qatar enjoying a bit of a good report card. And this is seeing them report a record annual revenue of 21 billion US dollars underpinned by a higher customer base because of the World Cup. They hosted, at least Qatar hosted the World Cup and they had to fly more people into Qatar, of course. So they enjoyed a 71% jump in net profit and this was at $1.2 billion. So more revenue, more profit and I suppose there's going to be more interest in whatever is happening in the Middle East as well. Mm. A lot of Money being splashed on things like soccer players and new infrastructure. There is a lot going on there. So I'm, I'm expecting this to continue. 
The World Cup has definitely given a huge boost to Qatar Airways' top line. So the numbers, it grows 21 billion US dollars in the last fiscal year. And for some context, that's double what it earned a year earlier. That's a far cry from a couple of years earlier when the carrier needed that $2 billion bailout. Remember that? Going forward, investors are likely to be watching to see if Qatar Airways can keep up its strong performance now that the World Cup is over. For now, though, I'm going to give Qatar Airways an up. All right, it's been quite a while since we talked about this next entry. I have to say, how is Bitcoin looking? All right, Bitcoin is up. In fact, it's a 13-month high. So this is off the back of some... Well, bullish headlines with some support from the big boys like BlackRock, which is the world's largest asset manager. They recently launched a US-listed spot Bitcoin ETF. And also, there's been some commentary coming through from the likes of BlackRock CEO Larry Fink saying that there is a lot of support behind the cryptocurrency and he gave Bitcoin pretty much a big thumbs up and a huge endorsement. So coming through from such a huge institutional player, I think you have quite a bit of a, I guess in some sense, speculative expectations that prices will go up. That's the point. Traders feeling bullish and sign amidst the, all these signs, right? That the institutional big guys are moving back into cryptocurrency. And there are also hopes that regulators may finally approve that Bitcoin ETF. So we're seeing Bitcoin at the highest level in 13 months overnight. I'll give Bitcoin an up as well for future prognosis. It's currently trading north of 30,000 US dollars per token. Okay, some people are camped outside this, I understand. Sing post. (laughs) Yeah, so there is one sing post nearby across the street from us. Thanks, right. I think on the way to work, we already saw a bit of a crowd building up. Um, but I hope there's enough tickets to go around because, as you imagine, there is huge demand, not enough supply. Uh, so sing posts mm. right in the middle of it, you no, know, in a sweet spot, enjoying people going to their post offices to try to snap up tickets. Uh, uh, so that is expected to see well more crowds going to sing posts, and maybe along the way they will be able to be a bit of a reseller or at least a destination for all these ancillary services. Yeah. And that could be a new revenue stream for them. That would be good to see people flocking to SingPost again for these reasons. On a day, though, in which the rest of the market was largely in the red, SingPost jumped to its highest level yesterday in seven weeks. Investors are feeling more bullish on this stock amid signs that the government may approve higher postal fees. Now, that may be good news for SingPost, but as someone who receives a lot of mail and then mails a lot of things out as well. I'm giving potentially higher stamp prices a down. For our last word today, we travel to China, where some consumers are traveling long distances to get better interest rates. Imagine this. How far would you go for better interest rates? I know I go pretty far, to be honest. Bloomberg is running an article about young people going from one city to another in China to make bank deposits. And these whistle-stop trips can yield some big returns. For example, one person's trek from Shenzhen to Guangzhou, which is likely like here to Malacca, for example, will yield them an additional $7,500 in interest. Wow, what do you make of this? Certainly very different from the way we shop around here. Yeah, really going the extra mile. Ooh. So based on this report, <laughs> one guy made a 270-kilometer 
train trip. And this is from Shenzhen to Guangzhou to deposit his monies to the tune of $137,000. Plus, plus so it is a reflection as well of how Chinese people are inclined to saving right now and self-spending, which is not good news for the economy as a whole because they want to get you know, the activities and business activities going and chugging along and in order to revive the slump in growth in China, you need people to spend, not save. Good point there. But I would just want to talk about this phenomenon and its impact on language. Remember when the whole world was talking about quiet quitting? Actually, in China, lying down was a phenomenon that was talked about way before that. And now there's a new phrase for these, you know, so-called shopping trips or whistle-stop trips over in China. It's being termed special forces style travel. So that phrase applying to any sort of short, intense holiday with a packed itinerary on a budget. And now it's being adapted for banking trips as well. So what do you think? Special forces style travel <laughs> coming your way soon? Does that involve carrying a big sack of money to <laughs> deposit it across the country? That is a very stressful holiday. <laughs> That is hilarious. I think it does, actually. How else will you get those high interest rates if you didn't have a significant amount of cash that you're lugging along with you? Oh, that is hilarious. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. And you are listening to Your Money right here on Money FM 89.3. Stay with us. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.